is the conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody who's I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from their club. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat your children. It was just banter. Stay off the weed! And England win on penalties! History in itself! You know, I think it's a great city. I think they got the best organization in the NBA. But they do have some big old wins. <laughs> I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, why don't you take your pants off? Balls are fun. I understand. Come on, take it quickly, Reggie! Yeah. Yes, he's back. No wonder he's in the fucking reserves. Listen, I ain't gonna forget about this by the time we get the Hello and welcome to episode 270 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Tom Kennett and Jack Harper. No Alex Jones today. He has given me an excuse. I'm sure it's just a coincidence that it's Valentine's Day. So yeah, would have been a bit rough asking someone when he comes on part-time to jump on, but maybe next time we're uh, opening the books like they do in the mob to see who we're going to get on. Uh, That's the way that we're going to do it. We'll wait for some kind of public holiday and then we'll see who really wants to come on on a Monday night. (laughs) One day and Um, that day may never come. We will ask you to perform a service. Exactly, and I know who I know who we can't rely on. But anyway, <laughs> um, these are made men. We can't rely on. Though is the problem. Yeah, exactly. Already made them. Uh, hopefully, there's no audio issues. Um, had some when we were testing, but hopefully these don't uh, continue as we go on. Wouldn't have had this in person. Did contemplate doing this in person. Uh, Jack has insisted he's on part time today. Yeah, but <laughs> it's, it's a sad state of affairs, but. On uh, Valentine's night, you have to make allowances. Well, the only allowance I will make in this instance is Sarah was actually there before the podcast. So it's a bit of a different circumstance. (laughs) Yeah, that is true. So I'll give you more of a let off and you are still here. Um, We do have some news of the week to get into and then we will talk a bit about Chelsea uh, per Jack's insistence. So we'll get to that. Uh, in just a moment. Some interesting headlines this week, though, and I will start you off. Uh, After eight years, a retired Florida police captain will stand trial for killing a man in an argument about texting in a movie theatre. I mean, I almost, for the first time, want you to read that back to me again so I can fully just take that in. So he shot someone after there was an argument of him texting in a movie theatre. Yeah. That's Depends on which which side of the argument was he on. If he was telling the person, look, don't text, I think we can get behind it. I mean, to be fair, if there was a gunman waiting to kill all the wrestlers in the cinema, <laughs> then I would be fully on their side. I don't think anyone would protest, would they? I don't think anyone would go, oh, you can't do this. Carry on. No, exactly. Well, I mean, I it's bad news for AJ. I mean, he's, he's the first <laughs> man being very bad news. But... The worst thing is when they try, they know they're making noise, they try and do it slowly. So all it does is prolong the disturbance. Instead of if they were just noisy for about five seconds, you can deal with it. But it's the ones that try and get out really slow, it takes 30 seconds and they go in for another handful. They just stop. With regards to texting 
in a movie theater um, i don't think i'd text but i could be slightly a hypocrite i do check to see if i've missed anything <laughs> while the film's on but i do have my usual seat in the back corner so me looking at my phone at my pocket isn't actually disturbing anyone else there's no one over my shoulder if someone's in front of you and they're doing the same then i feel you do have a right to complain and if they want to do that get a seat on the back row this reminds me of that infamous um rewatch of back to the future byron where we had to check our phones and leave the cinema halfway through yeah yeah we won't go into the full detail full details of that and look i'm sure if those were the circumstances and this guy had explained it to the gunman he'd have understood he'd have yeah. go, you know what fair enough that doesn't happen on twitter every night um a contender i think for the headline of the year here um breastfeeding mum great start um notices baby's hair is soaking wet she slowly realized that her armpit was leaking milk no yeah how much to drink it the the jackass boys have to drink it i think (laughs) i don't like i don't know what she thought was going on i understand that wouldn't be the first place you jump to but if every time you're breastfeeding, your baby's head's getting wet, maybe I might put two and two together. Does that mean that the what was coming out of the breast was BO or sweat? <laughs> they swapped. Did they trade places? <laughs> maybe the maybe the article would have told me this, but when I have a rule of not clicking the article, that seems like it would have been a bold one to break it for. So I didn't. See, we we know that this is a false rule because we know that you've clicked on them before. Not when I'm gathering them for the podcast. It's in the week if I see them pop up, then okay, right. I might have a look. But God, yeah. very specifically, when I'm just browsing headlines uh, via my source, uh, I don't click any of the links. Very disciplined. Yep. Uh, Saudi Arabia says it can be the first in the world to offer the full Squid Game experience. I don't doubt them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, their Squid Games is just trying to be a journalist over there. In fairness, Eddie Howe is essentially playing one. Yeah. If he gets one more move, sorry, Ed. You can win this, Eddie. We will give you Mbappe. But lose, on the other hand, I hope you don't like those hands. You lose and you just stuck with Jacob Murphy for another year. <laughs> Jack, uh, mention the cinema. Have you seen Spider-Man yet? haven't no i'm, I'm seriously slacking i've got um, a streaming service that my mate has that i just wait for all the movies to go on there essentially now yeah probably not one you say on the podcast so i'm going to assume it's netflix you're referring to uh, that's, exactly, wonders. that's exactly the one disney plus disney yeah, plus is your mate's service i just use my mate's login that's exactly a great right. service great service um not not a spoiler for spider-man here but Marvel spoiler alert for uh, anyone that does want to skip forward 15 seconds. Um, the new Doctor Strange trailer debuted last night. I don't know if you've seen this. Um, Patrick Stewart is back as Professor X. That's that's pretty good. I mean, <clears throat> I saw one the other day on TikTok, and obviously you've got to take it with a pinch of salt because you know what's coming. But I saw Tom Cruise as Iron Man. No, no, this is happening. This is happening. Yeah, so essentially with the Spider-Man one, um, they realized almost late to the game that nothing sells quite like nostalgia. And so 
in doing the multiverse thing, they've essentially opened up where they can just bring in anyone they fancy and say, well, it's the multiverse, isn't it? Um, and so despite seeing what happens to uh, Patrick Stewart in Logan, yeah, I guess that you, you only hear his voice in the trailer. But uh, there you go. And there's all sorts of rumours, but the Marvel are connecting everything now. Like, you have to watch everything. So I suppose it's good on their part. Like, in this trailer, it links in with Loki. If you watch that on Disney+, Plus, it links in with WandaVision on there. And it even links in with that What If um, series that they've got on there. Yeah. And so it's going to play into all of these things. And I believe Tom Cruise is going to be some kind of variant of Iron Man. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, so, it's, uh, it's not so complicated, but kids understand it i just and you know when there's that that meme of peep shows are we the bad it's like are we the old yeah <laughs> but i just can't keep up with kids today you send me into one of these films i'm just gonna be like i don't know like an amish person looking at cars <laughs> well i think it'll be the opposite because it's more likely the ones that you saw maybe as a kid or you would associate with there rather than having to have seen like the last six films like you you go in and Tobey Maguire's in Spider-Man like you're right at home yeah good point good point Spider-Man you've got a consistent well his uncle got killed as far as I'm aware his uncle always gets Uncle Ben's always in trouble so I've always got that no the the latest Spider-Man it was an auntie instead oh how very modern women can get killed as well yep anybody can get it like AB said yeah unfortunately Um, I wonder we spoke about it with the Spurs manager's job um before they got Nuno in, where it was like, at what point do you get offended when you've not got the call? At this point, if you're an actor and you've not got the call for a Marvel film, you've got to be offended. <laughs> like, Absolutely. When I saw Owen Wilson was in Loki, it was like, okay, we're getting down to it now. Everybody <laughs> is getting the call up. And he was great in it as well. So there we go. Um, the Queen is launching a royal ketchup. I'm a, I'm a okay. very big ketchup snob, so I'm a Heinz <laughs> man through and through. Just, uh, I just don't think I could cheat on Heinz. It's been there for <laughs> some rough times. And maybe rough. <laughs> uh, new movie app will use eye tracking to force you to watch ads. That sounds nice. Sounds yeah, healthy. So this is the way <laughs> the world is technology there's another one where i think it's toyota have just patented a device where it will scan the billboards as you go past and beam them onto like your dashboard in your car to make sure you really do not miss any advertisement christ if they're able to do that in my car there's something's kind of incredible (laughs) (laughs) so people complained about a bit of product placement in a transformers film and now we're just going all in. <laughs> uh, Bored museum guard draws eyes on pricey Russian painting. <laughs> oh God! And I saw because uh, I saw this earlier in the week where it was getting uh, tweeted out, and someone said, "Oh well, it was his first day on the job." As if, oh, they didn't teach him that in training <laughs> that you shouldn't go drawing on the valuable art. <laughs> <laughs> and. Finally, one which uh, may not feel like news, but a uh, 
loose pig wandered into a British social club. So uh, there you go. Those jokes uh, write themselves, but we wouldn't <laughs> be the type to indulge in them. Yes. We will not ask what happened to the pig. <laughs> no. Um, okay. I got a text from Jack on yesterday, I'm going to say, saying I assume we're doing a Chelsea topic <laughs> this week. <clears throat> I, Actually, I did say to him, like, we didn't do one for Spurs winning the Club World Cup, uh, Spurs winning the Audi Cup, sorry, same equivalent. Um, but yeah, Jack, here we are. You I mean, come we, on, we, on Valentine's Day just for this. We have to do segments on Arsenal most weeks when you've drawn to like Burnley or something. So I think, it's I only think a draw with Burnley is more significant than winning this competition. <laughs> <laughs> well, you would because you've never qualified for it. Well, uh, the, the, the question everyone's been asking, it does seem more so this year, so I can see some kind of argument from you. Is really, does anyone care? When the rights have fallen to Channel 4, there's issues. There, yeah, that is one massive one. It, it seemed to have a, added to the prestige when it was on the BBC because of just their general football coverage. But watching the semi-final E4 was an odd, an odd experience. However, I have watched the Carabao Cup on, God, what some random freeview channel. Quest, I think it is. That was a draw. No, they, they actually had games on it watching Chelsea on it. But still, so are we comparing the Carabao Cup to the Club World Championship? I actually said beforehand I'd prefer to win the Club World Cup than the Carabao. Um, I think it means more for us as a team, seeing as now we've won every club competition <laughs> that you can possibly There win. it is. Yeah, That's what he came for. And I think it, for. it's I'd bad go. that you have to make the statement that you prefer that to the Carabao. <clears throat> I think that tells us all we need to know. Necessarily, I've just put into the group chat for all to see the the reaction to different teams when I do feel that this season, because Chelsea are winning things again, it's like oh, let's everyone just point and laugh at Chelsea. Um, I think look, at the end of the day, if you're in the competition, you're in it to win it. it doesn't matter how you got there. Yeah, Don't, for sure. You you had to get there by winning the, your respective Champions League. And I mean, I think Craig Bird has come out and like, I didn't even know who he was. <laughs> Until, until this. He's like, that's Chelsea, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And I was just there like, I can't believe it. I mean, he's got his 15 minutes of fame, which is fair play to the guy. But This is kind I, of his brand as well, though, of, of recent, yeah. last couple of years. Your boy Cundy like said this. it was a worthless trophy as well. I, I just don't agree. I mean, like I said, to win this, we've beaten the Portuguese, the Spanish and the English champions, and then the champions of the Asian Champions League and then the Brazilian Champions League. So there is some substance behind this of the kind of quality that you're playing up against. Plus as well, Palmeiras, the Brazilians take this cup ridiculously seriously. Like the whole world grinds to a halt for them. There was like street parties and all sorts. I think a fan actually they lost do, but Lincoln well. took it seriously when we played him in the League Cup as well. <laughs> I know, but this is, obviously they love the World Cup over there. And again, playing a Brazilian team in the final is never really easy as we found out the first time around. And I think that, that was another reason why I cared so much because I cared last time when we lost it. And I thought, well, I'm never going to see us win the Champions League again, so we're never going to get another shot. And then we got one, so I cared again. And we get to get that lovely gold badge on the shirt for once, which is nice. That's, but, that's the plus of winning it, is, is the badge. Yeah, it is a massive plus. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's not. It's gonna be, <laughs> it is great. Even though the FA only let you wear it once, um, like other countries. But... 
I think there is substance behind it. I think it would have meant more if it wasn't in Abu Dhabi because just the crowds there that they kind of draw it. And it was the Brazil Brazilian fans made it more like Brazil, which is great. Mm. But if it was somewhere else where it's supposed to be like Japan or something like that, I think it would have been really cool. But whenever you take a sporting event to like Abu Dhabi, Dubai or wherever, it kind of loses its what's the word I'm looking for? It's authenticity. And it just becomes about the money show of it happened when AJ fought there and it's happened when they've had previous sports sporting events there as well. It just becomes about a display of look how much money we have. So I get that as well. I think you'd if you'd say, seen this being held in another country, then it would have been a different different it would have helped the profile of it. You did say about comparing it to uh, when other clubs have won it. Liverpool won it in twenty nineteen. We didn't even give it a mention on here. It was Liverpool, that insignificant. Liverpool won it on 2019 and then they posed with the Premier League trophy, the Champions League trophy they won the season previous. Yeah, but we're not doing it how uh, the clubs react to it because, I mean, Chelsea have been non-stop. Um, we're on about how fans and things react to it. I, I, we, I get, we did a podcast I, that Monday after and it was that uneventful for us and no offence when he listens to this back. Um Alex winning a race was the headline that week. <laughs> and it was a two-man pod, so it wasn't even like Alex was on discussing it. It was me and TK, and AJ winning the race was still the headline of Liverpool winning the Club World Championship. He must have been on a dry spell. We must have been, he won one. Come on, we've got to talk about it. That was a slow week, obviously. But I think, I mean, I look at it and I cared. And I know a lot of people wouldn't. <laughs> a Chelsea all, fan cared. That's, that's all that <laughs> I'm just saying that I, I cared last time when we lost it. I cared this time when we won it. And I think That's fair. It's, it's hard to, I guess it's hard for people to have an affinity with a competition that they're never going to be in. Um, that's, I guess there's quite a select few of Champions League winners and it's very rare. Well, it's not very rare, but it's not maybe so much more so in recent years where Liverpool and Chelsea both won it in quick succession. We won it 10 years ago, but during that gap, wasn't a lot of English winners and I guess no one would care about it if you're just seeing Bayern just steamroll and someone else to complete like six trophies in a season when no one really cares. You only usually care when an English team loses in it. Yeah. Not true. even if a European team loses in it, just literally yeah. if an English team loses in it. Mm. I mean, well, what's, your, on what's, what's your genuine perspective on it? Like both you, TK, you've won it with Liverpool and it, but you haven't, but <laughs> your team has. <laughs> but well, the the whole thing of um this is an annual thing. Well well whenever an English club is involved, whereby I do remember similar conversations happening with Liverpool of does this really matter? I think let's say the fundamental issue of it, the best upside is the kind of the thing on this year, and you can say you're the best club in the world. That's kind of it's all it seems a little ridiculous, but it's the main upside. The fundamental issue is if you've won the Champions League, that's kind of it whoever you're taking on is always going to be inferior. So there's no real upside to beating the Brazilian team. And if you lose, you look a bit silly. So there's no, I don't think there's a way of making this more prestigious without suddenly the Brazilian league or a different league suddenly takes off. I don't know how that would ever happen economically. Yeah. It's just not possible. So it's just whoever wins the Champions League going in there, it's kind of like you're playing teams that are beneath you. Yeah. So as much as this is a trophy to win, it's, it's just hard to sell. I, no, I totally get it. I, I actually agree with you. I think 
it will mean a lot to the person in it or the team in it for their fans. Um, but you're right. It, you are always going to play someone less than you, but like we've been shown in the past. I think you lost, did you lose to Santos? We lost to, I think it was Sao Paulo. Sao Paulo, yeah. yeah. And again, absolute slog of a game as well. Yeah, it, it wasn't a good game by any stretch. And I guess when you take someone out of English winter and put them into 25 degree heat and make them play for well, two games in the space of three days, it's never going to be like an absolute worldie of a game. But I think what does probably give it some prestige is over the last decade, at least, you've had like clubs, Madrid particularly, have always paid like special emphasis on it so by big clubs kind of in Europe kind of paying more attention I guess it's kind of like I think on the Europa League I think we've progressively started to respect it a little bit more because clubs in Europe have respected it more and potentially maybe the Club World Cup may grow in stature in that regard as well if it's, if it's good enough for Real Madrid it's probably good enough for the rest of us I guess yeah I think as well they've been on about potentially expanding it um which I don't understand how that would work because you could potentially lose the Champions League in your region and then go and win the it's, it's, Yeah, and don't it would just become season. another... Yeah, it'd become another sort of... It's close to a breakaway situation again, isn't it? Then? Because then you're going to have like just the best teams in the world competing and you're then going to do like a league. It's going to be... Uh, and where does it end, I guess, is the question. Arguably, but you would just get another response. Champions League final rewrite, wouldn't you? Because you'd back both runners-up and winners. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Get yeah. to the final again. You'd be like, "What are we doing here? <laughs> what was this all for?" <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping I've just checked a box that maybe sorts my mic out, but uh, if it doesn't, hopefully it doesn't ruin the episode. Um, with the response to Chelsea winning it, I think a lot of it's coming from what I've seen is Chelsea fans. That I'm not aiming this at you, Jack. Although I've not seen other messages you've been sending, Chelsea fans online at least have desperately been trying to kind of like flaunt it in people's faces to spark a reaction and not being getting the reaction that they were looking for in the way <laughs> yeah. that there wasn't really a reaction so it's kind of heightened it and it, it's the equivalent of not this one i remember last season we won the north london derby i came on here ready to go all guns blazing and alex just completely would not entertain it uh, he was just <laughs> saying essentially look, yeah, it rolled over for you like, didn't it <laughs> this happened and it was like you're kind of itching you you want to have it with someone and you're not getting it back and <laughs> i think chelsea if, if arsenal won it i'd be the exact same so i'm not even going about it in that way um but it's very frustrating so i think it's just gone back and forth and then as the volume of chelsea fans have increased the volume of people saying who cares has increased even more um and I think as there's less Chelsea fans, there's a definite need from some to to be more vocal anyway when you compare to the amount of United fans, Liverpool fans, etc. So I think the one is just directly impacting the other and then it's just driven where both sides are then going to be more unbearable than the other. Yeah, I think maybe as well because we're not that unbearable compared to some other fan bases. It's just... Not sure about that. It's like what... what <laughs> What are you guys doing being unbearable for change? Um, but I guess the thing that comes out of it is Chelsea are in a position where they can say, we've won this, we're the best team in the world. And then the obvious pushback is, well, you're not even the best team in England, clearly, at the moment. Um, and the pushback so, to that is we beat them in the Champions League final when it mattered. So I guess it's, it's like, 
we when we won the FA Cup, we weren't the best team in England. Technically, we've won a competition in which every team in England has competed, and so it goes that way. And look, you're going to want to say it, but I think there's not much going on in football at the moment. We're waiting for the Champions League to come back. Uh, City, I said to TK yesterday, I could happily never watch them play another game again in my lifetime. <laughs> or the hell out of me. And I think people are just looking for something to argue about. And the Club World Cup has... Yeah. Because my emotional involvement in it was, OK, let's get to penalties and then hope that they can nick it. It turns out some double agent came on the field in the extra time and he was absolutely determined for Chelsea to win that game. <laughs> Even <laughs> penalty gets sent off, and he was still trying before and after. So Brilliant. I don't know what was going on there, but yeah, it was just one of those weekends. I think. Yeah, I think you, I think you're right. I think it'll mean more is... when you can reference it in six months' time rather than now, when people aren't just giving it. People Give... aren't so emotional about it. Yeah, I guess you're right. I think, like I said, I mean, when you look at the bare facts of it, we had to be to just to get there. The, the Portuguese, Spanish and English champions and then the respective Champions League winners. I think there is a prestige to it, um, but obviously you're not going to care unless you've played in it or you're regularly playing in it. Or There isn't another... And also the, the achievement in it is winning the Champions League, isn't it? Yeah. Of the things you said, then, the winning the Champions League is the achievement, really. Yeah. Everything else. I feel that they're with, similar with the Community Shield and the Super Cup. They're sort of supplementary whoa, trophies. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> where you go... If, if you have the end of the season, you've got a, trof- a couple of trophies and they're sort of on the side, you can go, well, look at all this stuff we've won. Whereas if you, if Chelsea now shit out the rest of the season, don't do anything, it's going to be very difficult to go, well, look, we've won the Club World Cup. And the Euro- European Super Cup? Uh, yeah, exactly. You, you could, in theory, you're yeah. going to go, well, we did the double this year. And you go, yeah. well, if Chelsea end up finishing in a distant third or, or maybe worse, probably not, or I'll go crashing out of the Champions League earlier than they expect. Yeah. It, be seen really as a disaster of a year for them. <laughs> yeah. I think if you were to put pictures at the end of the season, go, look at these two trophies. <laughs> for God's sake. Or the sleeve, maybe. Or what maybe you... star- stars for every Community Shield one, maybe. Stars <laughs> for every FA Cup, and we're talking. You'd have too many on that year, wouldn't you? We would. Yes, I can't afford for those prices to go up much more. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there we go. Um, before we move on to it, Jack, uh, are you worried about Chelsea maybe being drawn into this top four battle? I was really, really concerned. And then... Everyone else... You watched, e- you watched any of the other teams chasing and you thought, yeah, no, it's all right. Uh, yes, Spurs had, what, four games in hand on us and they actually went down a place instead of... <laughs> <laughs> like, I just find that hilarious. They started out seventh, played their four games in hand and ended up eighth. And Listen, um, we warned on this podcast, games in hand do not constitute wins. And I, Spurs, Spurs found that emphatically. Yeah. I just, I thought like it, it was the best thing that could have possibly happened to Conte against Spurs because Conte, we've all said on this pod before, Conte at United is a scary proposition. Conte at Spurs, it just looks hilarious more than anything. Oh, I mean, like, we've played awfully all season, or but probably since. December, the end of November, December time. And yet, and Spurs have looked on the earth, and then we played them three times in three weeks and beat them every single time. They just looked God. awful when we looked Spurs well. We're in seventh with three games in hand. Played the three games in hand and are now eighth. You just yeah. repackaged what he just said. 
Oh yeah, I just said that. <laughs> so I was texting Jack at the same time trying to find out what was saying. It's uh, there's only so there's only so bad you can feel for Conte to be honest. Well. Oh, sorry about that. I was there zoned out trying to sort my own issues out. I just wanted to say though, Spurs were in a position. They played their free games out and they've gone down a spot. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm sorry about that. I'm, I'm, AJ's not here, so I've uh, filled in. <laughs> There's only so bad you can feel for him, though. Like, you didn't know what you were signing on to. If at this point you're surprised that Levy doesn't give you 200 million to spend in January, I can't really feel bad for you. An interviewer pointed out to him after the game on uh, Sunday. Look, Mourinho was here, Pochettino was here, and it does seem you're all mentioning the same issues. And he was like, uh, well, yeah, I suppose, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you probably knew that before signing on the dotted line, Antonio. He had enough reservations to not sign on the first time. I don't know what changed the second time around, other than they probably added a few quid to his wage. It's, uh, and I would yeah. be very surprised if they gave any indication that he was going to be backed in January, like heavily backed. So I think... He's surely signed up on the provision that this summer is the big one for them. So you'll find out more then, I would think. Because um, we don't have any basis for this other than the optics, but if you asked me to put money on whether Bentoncourt and Kuliszewski were Paratici signings or Conte signings, I know where my money would be. Yeah. So, And then you look at the ones where it was Adama Traore, and uh, I forget his name now, the guy, uh, Amrabat from Fiorentina, is like, okay, those look probably more like those were the guys you wanted that Conte had asked for. Practice, you couldn't get the deals over the line. I said, okay, well, I've got a good relationship with Juventus. It's not going to take too much negotiating. Let's put the money up there. And we're a few games in. I think we've got some potential stinkers on our hands. <laughs> <laughs> That's not something you want on your hands. <laughs> not at all. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> Do we need to bid you farewell now, Jack? Have you got a Valentine's uh, tea prepped? Yeah, I do indeed. I will see you guys later. What's on the menu? Um, a chicken pesto pasta. Nice. Nice. Nothing, nothing too special. Oh. Don't say that. She might be listening. <laughs> In a bit. You know, the Lonely Hearts Club will take it from here. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the top four race then because it's been a, a big weekend uh, in terms of that. Just qu- any improvement with the buttons I pressed or not at all? Uh, you're not um, like cutting out or anything. But when you start talking, there is like a, just a slight fuzz in the background. You still sound clear, but I can just hear like a fuzz. And it, it doesn't play like now, for example. It's only when you talk. See, I'm thinking the issue is it may be the fan in my laptop and the settings on Skype are doing their best to cut that out. Right. And which is why I'm cutting it out. And then I turn that off, which, which, is, which is better to hear the... Uh, I think it's much more muchness to be honest. It's, I'd say mu- minor inconvenience with either one. All right. All right. It's not like you couldn't go. tell what you were saying with the cutting out. And it's not like no. you can't say, say it now or you would turn off or anything. So. I didn't know if the fuzz was annoying or not. Um, 
hopefully hopefully fixed by uh, Thursday's podcast or be yeah, hell's a pain. long road. <laughs> All right. Um top four then. Um I mean from my perspective at least um very good weekend for Arsenal and a weekend mm. in which they didn't play. And yeah. I think when we compare it to what we've said about Ertzel, Pogba, etc. before, sometimes your opinion of someone, something can go up in the fact that they aren't there to let you down. Um are we in agreement? I don't know how much you believe in jinxes or even the strongest jinx. Uh, the top two seem fairly set, do they not? I've, I'd be pretty disappointed if we get dragged into a top four battle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, things have gone drastically wrong. I do know he was joking. Pep trying to give it the, look, I think we've done our best. I think we should have top four secured by now and we'll see what we can do the rest of the season. <laughs> give it a rest. It's patronising, isn't it, at this stage? <laughs> Um, yeah, Chelsea, I think Jack summed it up, um, probably were worried briefly and then saw what else they were dealing with. Yeah. And I think they're probably benefiting from everyone else is worried about each other and they can get on with their own work. Yeah, they're, they're a cut above, aren't they? Would you say then it's between West Ham, Man United, Arsenal, Spurs, and I guess you've got to say Wolves going for that fourth space? Wolves have forced themselves into the conversation, haven't yeah. they? Um, it, their spot, ironically, may largely lie on what you do with your your sort of games in hand. I think you've got one over them, haven't you? And a couple on the rest. Yeah, I, I don't like that we've become games in hand FC. I didn't see no. that happening. <laughs> yeah, it's not... Uh, I don't think you're back to put those one together. No, we're going to have more. Um, it's not even any fault of ours either it's that we were due to play Chelsea this weekend and we're due to play you League Cup weekend yeah 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 so uh, not ideal um, if we start off then the mirror um, if you have a shudder go through your spine as I say that they canvassed <laughs> uh, several pundits to get their opinion on how they thought the top four race was going to go from here on out um, if I shock you and say that Rio Ferdinand and Robbie Savage picked United to get fourth place Oh, blimey. Um, this was done yesterday, down. by the way. Um, so blimey. we're not giving Jesus. any excuses here. Uh, Joe Cole also picked United. Michael okay. Owen picked Spurs. And Ian Wright picked West Ham. He's just being nice. So the key thing to look at here, I think, um, Owen's... Uh, little thing he's written is essentially saying look if they can get Kane firing and if Sun can stay fit the United picks are saying look well if they can get their attack to click and Harry Maguire can find his best form again <laughs> it's, like, it's like you're doing a pre-season preview and not doing what we're actually seeing in front and, of our eyes and it is also and I've used the comparison before but it is like we all just have this that thing out of the men in black where you just neuralise and just forget everything that's going on and we go well if they can do this like, well we've literally spent the entire time witnessing that they can't do this they can't put a run together because it is it is a bit of a thing like I, I do predictions at work each week where we literally do home away draw and see you as we do it quarterly and when it comes to United I still find myself picking them to win most weeks and the guy says to me I don't know why you're still picking them to win <laughs> I said, I don't know if it's like ingrained just because what it, it is <laughs> we've grown up seeing and I say 
that's trauma. It doesn't really matter how good or bad they are. They still usually find a way to sneak past. So I'm still not picking them against City, Liverpool, uh, etc. But when they're playing Southampton, I'd feel an idiot if I didn't pick them to win. And then they do. Um, But what you see in front of your eyes, um, the reports that are constantly coming out, um, where one or two, you say, maybe paper talk, um, they're constant, not happy with training, uh, slating the coaches that they're working with, um, attitudes being all wrong. I don't know how quickly you can fix this. And then it plays in with what you see on the pitch because effectively they're fine until they face any adversity. And it is interesting because they've been getting some critique, but I feel that the words that have been thrown at Arsenal, particularly uh, for the past five or six years, whenever mm-hmm. things go against them, I think you can throw all of those against United well at the moment. You can say soft, they don't like it up them. Yeah. You can say uh, they can't deal with the pressure. Big game, big game players overpaid, not performing. Like they the don't want to run for each other, for example. No, like they were cruising when when they played Villa. Second yeah. Villa got a goal. It was oh god, oh god, panic stations. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm glad United fans aren't really the ones defending Maguire anymore because <laughs> he's giving them absolutely no reasons to do so. Um, but I think you're doing what I said earlier. If you're going out of your way to attach your name, and I know a lot of those guys I've just said, look, their reputation isn't great to begin with. If you're putting your name next to a pick of them to get top four, you're a braver man than I am. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, I'm staggered by the, the fact they did this yesterday. It, it feel, This feels like not quite the depths of Oli, it feels like, like I don't know where this team is going to get the next sort of big result from. Now, ironically, I think they might be Atletico in the Champions League, actually, which will cover over some of these cracks. They're a mess as well. <laughs> exactly that. I've, I saw a stat earlier that they've conceded as many already this year than they did in the whole of each of the, the last three or something. And there's still obviously X amount of games to go, Atletico. So they're a shambles. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know how you're back. I think, as you said, there's the Man United thing is ingrained in us, and we can't get away from the fact that this is a talented team. There is ability there. It's not like they don't have it in them. But for that reason, I think they deserve sort of the things about mentality and being softness more than this. The Arsenal teams have in the last few years, because as I've said to you before, so often that gets leveled at Arsenal where they're really misdiagnosing the fact that they're just not good enough. You've had some shit teams. This is in our back four when it was. Uh... Cedric, Socrates, Mustafi, Kalasana. <laughs> yeah, and you just look at that and just think that's just clearly not good enough, is it? That's a, a relegation threatened team, really. And and yet, with Man United going into this, you can't get away from going into the season. The expectation was this team should challenge for the title. Doesn't necessarily yeah. have to win it, but it should be up there challenging. And they're not even close. No, they're. They're a horrible watch um, and you, you tune into games. And I think I said last week um, when they were talking about uh, their first half against Borough in the FA Cup mm. and they were saying how excellently they performed and they were doing it again at halftime on Saturday where they were saying, look, United look really good. They're compact, they're creating chances. I don't know what game you people are seeing. It may be that it's better than previous weeks, but at the same time, 
when you've got players of that calibre and you're not putting the ball in the back of the net, there's the alarm bells have got to be sounded. Like yeah. you compare it to us, and people may say, "Oh, just going about Arsenal again." But I mean, it's the easy comparison to make because I'm watching them all, and we're competing for the same places. We're complaining about not scoring goals when we've got Lacazette through the middle. They've got one of the greatest goal scorers that's ever lived down the middle yeah. and they're struggling to create chances for him. They've got an £80 million winger who is still getting off relatively easy compared to how others have done, but Grealish is getting the same treatment, to be fair. And, I mean, we're, we're praising Sancho uh, because he's just scored his first Premier League goal at Old Trafford. <laughs> you need these players to be clicking in now. I mean, McTominay has to make one tackle a game, and they say, you know what, McTominay is doing really well in midfield today. And the thing with that is, it feels like uh, because if we're criticising them, we're being critical. I actually think it's the it's the opposite of that. If you're giving them too much credit for like simple little things, I think you're sort of patronising and babying them a little bit in a way that these players shouldn't be. Sanchez obviously a huge, a big money signing. McTominay, they've gone into the season knowing this guy's probably going to be starting in our midfield most weeks. So they kind of they're getting the critique they deserve. And, uh, yeah, I, I was looking at the uh, the highlights of the Southampton game. That's, People sort of waxing lyrical about Sancho a bit. It's just a decent game for him. It's not... If you put that in his Dortmund collection, I'm sure they, that wouldn't be seen as a particularly yeah. great game for him. So they're going to need a lot more than that from him. When um, the Southampton manager's coming out after and effectively saying, we knew they couldn't reset well enough as soon as we got the ball, it's like, oh, that's, that can't I be that good was- reading for you. I thought that was brutal from Hassan I thought that was a real twist in the knife in uh, move. Um, I have to sort this cat out in a second. It's been one of those podcasts. Today. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, even when, when you look at the other teams, I mean, Spurs, we referenced um, a big week for them and then they absolutely collapse against Southampton um, after having the game in the, in the palm of their hands. Um Conte just committed a cardinal sin there. Don't do anything that can be memed against you later in the game. The Premier League just will not stand for it. And if you're <laughs> going to start shushing opposition benches, you better hope you don't have a Spurs defence that's going to be saving you at the end of it. Um, you're doing that with 20 seconds on the clock. You're not doing it with any yeah. sort of minutes on the clock. And then Emerson Royale, I think he got dropped at the weekend, which, I mean, about time, but then Doherty's the one coming in. It's like... I think Royale's a contender for the worst player in the league. I really do. It's so bad. and it, I've never seen anything like it. It makes me feel so much better when I know that we could have signed him. We could have done a deal. And him Edu, him and your again, white back role cr- would be... Oh, God. Well, the, the cr- that criminal Edu, as I've said, he'd, <laughs> the only way he found a way to get rid of Bellerin was going to be that we'll do a swap deal where we give you Bellerin plus money for Emerson Royale. And then, I mean, according to all the reports, Arteta said he wasn't sold on the player. Didn't didn't think he could do the role that he wanted. And so we went for Tommy Asu instead, um, who's just back in training now, uh, right, right, right on time. Um, yeah. They've got the best manager, I do think. Um, I mean, on paper, it's not even close of no, the no, team competing for fourth place. But that squad 
it may be the worst squad of the teams competing for fourth place, and I include Wolves in that. Um, it's going to be really interesting because I do think they are a team where if they can get ahead of steam, they've got enough players in the attacking areas. I mean, Kane, five Premier League goals at this point of the season, and he's been a fit all season. It's disgraceful. Um, it is February. You know, we're kind of saying if they can get a run together. So we've had a decent amount of time for one of these yeah. teams to have done that. And uh, Conte is one of those where, if you look at his career, like, when it does click, it does seem to click and, and teams go on runs. So that's the only sort yeah. of hope that Spurs got. I'm, I'm throwing up a bit of a Hail Mary there because I don't think there's any indication of what we're seeing at the minute that is anywhere close to clicking. This week, but he has done it before. It was the first time that he's lost three games in a row. And he looks like a guy who's experienced in something he hasn't experienced before. If you look at all these other situations he's been in, even when things have been a bit tricky, it's we're struggling a bit in a title race. They're not in a position where you're eighth in the league and potentially struggling to get in the Champions League. And he kind of indicated that himself. I think some of the stuff yeah. he's come out with, I think some of it is quite clearly uh, PR, usual stuff managers come out with to try and protect themselves and their own brand and their own CV. Yeah. But I think some of it has been kind of almost a bit too honest. It's like I don't yeah, really did you know see his post what to do. In one yesterday, I saw. When, yeah, uh, I saw the uh, quotes from it. They said to him, uh, "You know, do you still think you're in contention for the top four? And he's like, "It feels a bit uneasy for me talking about competing for the top four and the Conference League." He was like, "When I came here with a previous club, I like that he doesn't like naming Chelsea." Um, <laughs> he said, "We looked at Spurs and." They had a perfect blend of youth and experience. They were really well managed. The ground they covered and this and that. And it's like, the players, it's like, you knew what you were signing up for. I, I don't maybe you get he bought into his own juice. No, and thought, okay. Well, I guess what we all thought, they're not a bad squad. If you can get the right man, he's probably looked at, I could have done this with Lukaku. I can do this with Kane. Um, I've done this with, I don't know, Alexis Sanchez. I can do this with, Son and it makes sense, but he probably thought say, I can lift this team and the teams around them are going to be what they are inconsistent, and so yeah, I can yeah. probably look good in in doing so. Rafa said with Everton, didn't he? You don't realize how bad it is until you're on the inside, and Conte <laughs> looks very much like he's discovered the same thing. Yeah, um, it does. Arsenal, I referenced having a a good week in where they've only played one game. I couldn't overstate how big that game against Wolves was. One, because if we're going to get these places, these are the teams where we're going to beat. I thought earlier in the season, we might have settled for a point. And I think really a point away at Wolves this season is a good point, but we can't really afford to yeah. settle for that. No. Um, we need to beat the Wolves, the Leicesters, the Villas, etc. Um, and then getting that first goal, clearly they've been told how important that was not that it's not usually but I thought it was expressed uh, to an extra extent and I thought I know you you didn't watch the game Liverpool were on at the same time um, I think everyone inside the club realises what a fight it's going to be to get the top four place mm. because clearly it's something they've been working on when they went to Dubai Um we, we were sending the centre-backs up for throw-ins from about the <laughs> 20th minute. And I think it's very clearly he's acknowledged 
the guys I have to score goals are not scoring goals. And if yeah, these set get pieces can get me an extra two, three, four goals between now and the end of the season, then that's what we're going to have to rely upon. And Tierney's long throws are getting longer, but they're still not fantastic. But even just the point where we were the team putting towels around the outside of the Molyneux pitch. Yeah. Because it was that much a game plan where, okay, we're going to have to scrap for this. And there's there's something about it. I, I sent you the tweets. You don't want to have a man sent off, but it does seem to galvanise this team when <laughs> it happens. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be the opposite. I mean, at the start of the season, before we had any transfers, things were really on the brink. Xhaka gets sent off against City and it could have been 10. Um, the red cards since, when you look at the ones against Liverpool at Anfield, you look at this one at Molyneux, you look at the one against City at the Emirates, and I mean, we can go on and on and on. What we have, we hold, seems to be something that this team loves, uh, particularly when it comes to defending. And I guess if you can't attack, you may as well fall in love with the defending. Um, yeah. The... One of the big headlines, wasn't it, was the Wolves players weren't happy with Arsenal celebrating a win. Um, <laughs> having had 10 men for half an hour, big away win against a rival. And I don't want to draw comparisons in the same way that some Arsenal fans have uh, to the Wolves fans yesterday. Their Twitter account was filming their fans and Capturing it, celebrating the right way. And it's like, what the hell's gone on here then? <laughs> All the players were swapping shirts after the game yesterday. Dendonka was walking around in a Spurs shirt, getting in the crowd. <laughs> Connor Cody and Ruben Neves coming out saying we weren't happy with the way they celebrated. And stats I've been fairly consistent on. If you're not happy with it, don't lose. And then you don't have to worry about it. Because... Yes helped us if they're fired up and then they go and take out odds first perfect yeah exactly it's the whole thing of um one club not being happy with how the other club celebrated is always a little uh always a little hilarious as you said you're not it's not the way they celebrated you're not you're, you're not happy you're lost and they celebrated in front of you you're not happy about it. it's pretty simple um i said it when um you had the game against spurs uh, at the start of the year where I saw Arsenal fans tweeting Harry Kane celebrating like he's just won the World Cup and it's like this celebration police are the most it's weird, boring, it? dull things in social media at the moment. There won't be many people celebrating if it's just a win in a final or whatever. If you're not winning a cup final then don't celebrate because you know for sure there's going to be portions of Twitter that when City win the league, eventually are going to say, well, you've known you've won it for the past yeah, eight months. Yeah, what yeah. are you celebrating now? So like when can they celebrate? Out. When are they allowed to? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's so boring. Um, Weird Arsenal bunch. now, we've got Brentford this sun, this Saturday. Um, and then it's Villa and Leicester, I believe. Maybe might be Norwich thrown in the middle of that. So, I think I think it is Norwich. I think it is Norwich, Miller, Brentford. I want to win. You want at least six points from that. Ideally, at least seven. And then I'm 
a bit hesitant to declare us the favourites for top four. Like some, some Arsenal fans, we beat Wolves and they're like, right, that's it. <laughs> We've got <laughs> top four now. Um, but certainly it was encouraging and even more so when you saw what the other teams were doing around us. But it does feel like there's going to be a lot more twists and turns in the remaining 16 games where each fan base is going to have a moment of thinking, okay, we might actually be able to do this. And then about a week later, well, that's that's it. That's top We've four. We've thrown it all then. away. Yeah, yeah, it definitely will, won't it? For all, for all of them for various different reasons. I do think, obviously, with your two or three games in hand on some of them, I do think it gives you certain advantages. And I also think, oddly, you kind of find yourselves in the position of, I feel like I know what I'm going to get out of Arsenal more than I do out of any of the other ones. I mean, West Ham, to an extent as well, I think we know they've just not got the biggest squad and probably didn't expect potentially to be heading the race for the top four probably at this stage. So they're a slight, slightly tricky one. I, I know what I'm getting from them to an extent. But even then, they've obviously had some inconsistent results of recent. I feel like it's not always the greatest quality, but I do know what I'm getting out of Arsenal. Whereas Man United and Spurs, I, yeah. I think they don't know when they sat on the pitch. I think we, we could go end up, we could end up two or three ahead now, or we could end up getting a hide. I have no idea what's going to happen. The position that we're in now, I'll be disappointed if we don't get top four, and whether that's fair or not. Yeah, I think that, um, I think that is fair. I think it's like uh, when Leicester missed out on the last day of the season. Yes, they could acknowledge. Okay. Um, Europa League is still pretty good for us. It's like, well, when it's been in within your grasp, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm happy with the Europa League, but I'm not yeah, going to celebrate it. If you'd offered them fifth in the league at the start of both those years, they did it, I'm sure they would have taken it. But once you've been in it all season in top four, you're like, well, listen, the, the most extreme example, the year the Stevie G slip, we weren't supposed to be challenging for the league. We finished seventh or eighth the year before. But once it's in your hands with three games to go, you're going to be heartbroken with anything but a league title, aren't you? Yeah, I, I think I would genuinely cry when I next hear the Champions League music at the Emirates again. <laughs> Maybe not as much as if I hear that Europa League music because, boy, it's, it's that answer. <laughs> but when now, as much as you say, like, you know, I'm not getting excited, it's impossible to not think about it. How seriously should we take Wolves? Mm, it's tricky to tell, isn't it? They um, because they don't score goals is is an issue. Yeah, yeah. I just think they are going to fall a little bit short with some of these games. There are too many games where you, they've probably, for all you just said, what a big result that is against Wolves on their side of it. Once asked to get down to 10 men, I think you've got to get something out of it if you are do have aspirations for the top four. They can get into Europe, get into the top four. I think those are the games you have to get a, a draw or a win. You have to get something out of it. And they weren't able to. And I thought that was probably the main reason for the thing like Neves saying about they weren't happy. I think that was probably some petulance that they knew that was a missed opportunity. There was a few hairy moments, as you'd expect, but for a large part... It was fairly safe. Um, they were very, very uncreative wolves. It was a long switch ball that they did to the opposite flank and it gave us chance to move the whole defence across because we literally went to a flat back five. Um, and then after that, it was uh, not necessarily, it was Podence and they brought in on uh, Chiquinho, I think his name was, 
and it was essentially float one into the box and hope that Jimenez mm. or Fabio Silva, who later came on, can get something on the end of it. I mean, Rob Holding was on for about 33 minutes, I think it was. There was a, there was a stat. He, clear, he headed the ball clear nine times in 17 minutes. <laughs> Jesus. That tells you, one, that you're not mixing up the positioning of where you're putting the ball because he literally was just plonk, penalty spot. You've got to beat me if you want to go through the middle. Um, so it, it, it felt. He was testing out that hair transplant. It was magnetized to it. But in, in hindsight, it felt safe. Like in the moment, obviously you're nervy because you know what both teams are like, mm. etc. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was very, very uncreative. In fact, the chances they did have was ones where a player would almost stumble past someone. I thought Tierney, if we level it up, probably had a worse game than Cedric on the night. Um, they were doubling up down his side and he was getting cooked at times. Mm. Um, but Gabriel following him behind him was just a nice, nice way to go about it. Um, and then West Ham, we've got to think if they're struggling at the moment, either the Europa League is going to come back in and go in to get them firing because they'll have... It can work both ways, can it? You can have less for a break, and so you've got less time to kind of wallow in any unfortunate yeah. results. It means you yeah. get more squad players firing, so when they come off the bench, etc. Or it could just stretch them and they could tail away. So I, I wouldn't expect to see them in the fourth spot come the end of the season. It's going to be tough, isn't it? Particularly if they are able to put a, a run together in the Europa. It did seem to galvanise them earlier in the season where positive results and the fans being able to go on the way trip, whatever seem to do something for them it's just whether it's a different story when you're in February and March there's a bit more uh, miles on the clock in some of the legs of some of these players I think potentially uh, it sounds a bit odd but it seems to be more attention on them now with the I know the Zuma thing is a bit of a circus a bit of a sideshow but it all yeah. sort of feeds itself into it from Early in the year, where they were kind of, oh, look how well West Ham are doing. This is great to see. And in turn, you could laugh at the teams of Man United, Arsenal, Tottenham, who all would have been expecting to finish higher than West Ham, were floundering. And now they've kind of, for all West Ham, have had a good year up to this point. You know, they're right in the thick of it amongst all these clubs who supposedly were shitting out. So, who who would your money be on for fourth place? As of today, I think it would be on Arsenal. Um. Not not even that long ago, I would probably edge towards Spurs on the basis of Conte and Kane and Son are truly world class players. So there's there's enough there. But I I think they've already leaving themselves much to do by not winning those games in the hand that they had. There's an, an opportunity there. So I think they've potentially fucked it. And Man United, I mean, they yeah. in terms of raw talent, they should be the prohibited favourite. They should be ahead of all of you. And yet, this was supposed to be their easy run. I know it's become obviously very, uh, very famous <laughs> win, online of the win, 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 win. But that was supposed to be an opportunity, and it feels like they've blown that as well. They're going to start running into some tough games where we're going to find out a bit more about Ralph as well, I guess. Yeah, I, I still think, um, I'm not even trying the jinx or anything. I do still think Spurs, but and that's only because I think. The way a lot of the games have gone lately, 
Spurs, I guess aside from yesterday, which isn't a great fun of making the point, they aren't being blown away. And so they're being left in games. And I think there's only so, there's only so many chances you can give to Kane and Son without even just the positions the likes of Kane gets himself in with it just kind of bouncing off him. Um, yeah. As much as we beat Wolves, some of the chances Lacazette missed, I think that's ultimately what it could come down to as the season plays out. Um, if you don't get it, it looks horrible, the lack of investment in, in a striker. It yeah. looks horrible. Because well, the, that's... News, the news came out in The Athletic today that we were offered... Icardi was the serious one and there was some okay. talk of us being offered Morata and within Arsenal they effectively said we've got our list if we can't get one of these guys we'd rather wait than be stuck with one of these guys and even if it's just for the season have their attitudes etc hamper what we're trying to build mm. I'm not sure I need Icardi in our dressing room to be honest with you I don't hate that you turned down either of those I don't don't know that they create much more upside than the, the trouble they're going to, unless Mariah yeah. isn't bringing trouble, he's just been uh, yeah. inconsistent finishing, which you don't, probably don't need and Icardi is a, is a Cardi. He'd, so. he'd have been in the William boat as well and I know it's not yeah, like yeah. the Chelsea affiliation so much, but it's when the opinion of you is already formed, you you have to hit the ground running and I don't think the the weight of expectation is going to help him to do that. And so I think it would have been just a really messy uh, six-month stretch or, well, 16-game stretch. Um, I guess we'll have to see. Lacazette, he was getting praise again for putting effort in. But <laughs> I, I think if, if Joe Linton misses the same chance as Lacazette misses, mm, you're getting a lot yeah. more attention on it. Yeah, absolutely. Even if someone like Sterling misses the same chances, he's going to have a lot more attention. Like Lacazette seems to get a bit of a free hit, and so, like we said on the weekend, it is he has talked about like he isn't a fifty million pound striker. He's just seems crazy. Like he's seems to... Or Enketia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly that. It's very odd. Very weird. Um, but I think yeah. that that is the that's obviously the concern with me for Arsenal is that you're going to have too many games where you can't get that goal, but it. You feel like a surer bet than the rest of the minute. I don't know what I'm getting from the rest of them. Spurs have still got a couple of games in hand over some of them, so they, they can rectify it. But it, it does feel like these last couple of games, that Southampton game is pretty devastating and, and that Wolves performance wasn't good. Those last two, is, it's hard to get that out of your mind. Yeah, Striker-wise, you'd probably take the central striker of any of the opposing teams ahead of Lacazette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got the the worst striking options I think Antonio is not a popular man uh, in East London at the moment but even still I think he's done his work already <laughs> oh he's I only caught a bit of the Leicester game but god when he's off it it is not a fun watch Oof. I had a um, <clears throat> when they were ahead I text Connor trying to wind him up and I text him saying I think you'll agree Harvey Barnes has shown why he should get an England call up ahead of uh Jared Bowen, if Southgate's <laughs> watching this. But unfortunately, as I texted it, thinking I was being funny, he assisted Pereira for the second goal. Um, so he was like, oh, well, I'm not watching, but I've heard Bowen had a nice finish. Oh, well, I thought I was making a joke here, but he's just done me no papers at all. Um, actually then, playing well. Once again, 
he had the notification from me before his goal thing. He just had one from me in the final second saying that massive head turns out it came <laughs> off his arm. I know. But yeah. Handball thing, does it not seem, when they're talking sleeves, does it not seem easy to you just say above the joint of the arm, not a handball, below the joint of the arm, handball. Like, it feels very easy to me if you're trying to just differentiate this. Yeah, it was, I, I've always thought, I don't know if I'm being incredibly stupid here, what if you have a long sleeve? Yeah. And then they're presumably going on the joint or whatever they, I don't know. Because I, I watched the one go in off Dawson and I text Connor this. I, if I'm a referee, I, I don't consider it. that a handball. But I thought they did disallow that. Yeah, that's exactly the same. I said I, I don't really think I did. In the, it's not like he stuck an arm. It would have hit his body and bounced off him and gone in. For example, it could have bounced off his torso. Uh, but I thought they'll look at that and go reverse. But very they know the rash, rules, I guess. Yeah, very rash um, comparison. But there may even be the way the FA do uh, judge it. If we were playing football in the park or whatever and one of us, it went in off that part of your body. I don't think you're all screaming saying it's a handball. Yeah, yeah, probably true. Like, we all loved it when uh, Balotelli or whatever was like shouldering it in. Mm. And yeah, yeah. Then later down the line, they're saying that's a handball. So I honestly don't know what the rules are. I think um, I think we take it. I think that's probably a good thing for us that that decision was that they didn't reverse it. I think it probably makes sense. Yeah, I saw... Um, a lot of people upset, but it was mainly Arsenal, Spurs, <laughs> Leicester, yeah. Wolves fans that yeah. have a vested interest. Um, if we go on to the uh, Super Bowl, mm. so unfortunately in how we were cheering, it was a win for the LA Rams. Uh, they got it over the line uh, in the end. Um, a Cooper Cup touchdown with a minute to go, uh, won it. Poor here, I don't have the score in front of me. It's twenty three twenty, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I, sh- I should also have the score. Um, I think so. Yeah, I was second guessing myself. Yeah, 20, uh, yeah, 20, as, 20, as yeah I was sure. looking it up. Mm. Um, yeah, I think if we compare to what we were talking about last week um, in terms of how the game played out, we effectively said the Bengals needed to play to the best of their abilities offensively to get past this Rams defense. Um, They needed to protect the quarterback better than they had for the rest of the season. And I guess everything we wanted from the Bengals, they weren't able to deliver. And yet they still were able to keep it close until the final quarter. Yeah, pretty remarkable in that regard, isn't it? The only thing they were able to do was stop the run for the Rams, but that hasn't been seen as the main threat for them anyway. You'd have gone, if you said, what's the main threat for them? we say Cooper Cup, OBJ, and then Cam Akers really would have been distant to them. So the fact that OBJ was obviously good till he went off injured, Cooper Cup obviously has an incredible game, and the Bengals were still able to keep it close. is pretty remarkable, actually, because... <laughs> Like as we'll come on to, it's not like they offered Burrow any real protection. No, because I think even then, when you looked at the Rams um, from the first half perspective, we were saying, okay, we need they they need to be getting at Joe Burrow every opportunity they get, give him no time at all. Um, 
they need to get the run game going, which will open up the deep pass of Matthew Stafford. Not a bold claim that I know, but they really was a game of two teams not clicking offensively. And then I guess is it is easy to say the greater talent just won out in the end? I think that's probably fair with some extra sort of uh, extra seasoning added in of the officials making some questionable calls late. I really do think that's the one or not. The holding call is horrible, as well as obviously the ones with the false start on their side that are coming out today. That will, that I will acknowledge, won't be, the, sorry. If you go back to the first quarter, just what you've said there, it feels like if you don't give the holding call on Jalen Ramsey at the start of the game, okay, you set the tone. Yeah. Now officiate the entire rest of the game like that. And we would have had no issue, I don't think. And I think there's. We've got this odd thing as sports fans as well. We kind of feel like things have to... Because in that circumstance, obviously the Bengals would have benefited in both situations. They didn't call the hold, so they got the touchdown on that. And they wouldn't have called it on this one. They wouldn't have made the pass. And he would... I mean, that was on third. So he would have had one more go at it, but it looked like he was fucking it up, right? Yeah. So... But we had this weird thing where we're like, well, wait, they didn't get one earlier, so we'll leave it out now. It's like, well, that just doesn't really work. I would rather see the like you said, the tone of the game but from the officials where we're not going to get involved. Because with a late one like that, you're going to just keep throwing flags constantly because there's going to be some sort of hole you can find. Now, now the second hole in there, quite, I thought was pretty blatant, pretty obvious. Yeah. But that was the damage had already been done by a, a really, really soft one prior to that. And there's also, there's no good sort of pretending that one that led to a touchdown in the first quarter has the same weighting as the decision they give late on. I know in theory, at least, they both count for the same amount. They both led to a touchdown. But it isn't the same thing, is it? It just isn't. No, almost when it's been evened out because there was the call that didn't go the Bengals' way early with the holding call. And then further down the line, then you have the call where there's the face mask in which the Bengals then score a touchdown, what, like Mm. 70 seconds into um, the second half. I think if you're the officials, and I, I don't know if the officials uh, kind of think about it in this way, if they even realise what they're doing, I don't know. You can almost say at that point, okay, even doubt, game reset, we decide now how we're going to officiate this. But still, there was no consistency when it went down the line because you look at some of the holds and things, as you've pointed out, when the Bengals are trying to get back on the board. And it's like, if you're going to let some of these things go or not go if you're going to be right on the money everything we're going to call we're calling it we see it whether it's slight or whether it's not and you've got to allow it when he's trying to go down the other end of the field and level the game up yeah yeah and it's, particularly i think that you have you have to let more go in, in that game in the big one you don't want it to be about the officials uh in, in, in any game but certainly not in that and i think this probably shouldn't come into how you referee a game, but I think it does. That we've had a great playoffs, and for it, and this was a really good game as well. Actually, like, yeah. the ending was just a bit. It's a bit of a damp squib as well. Okay. Do you, do you think Joe Burrow had a bad game? If you were judging it, and not on a mm. numbered scale, if you were writing your report this morning and you had to put good or bad. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you have to make a choice, either good and bad, I would go bad. I would, I would 
just go sort of moderate, okay sort of game in truth, probably. But if you had to, you have to not bad because he, he essentially was, the whole thing of him this year is that he's been able to rise above the shit and he essentially wasn't able to on this occasion. He, he was he pretty good. Big plays. He was good in parts, he was. I just think some of the ones where I know he wasn't getting much protection, I do also think some of the ones that he kind of ran into it a little yeah. bit in a way. I know that much odd. There was just times where and even that one late, I think you had to know, look, I'm gonna have nothing here. I've got to get it out. It wasn't you know, the, the occasion was too big for him or anything. But I just think had we've got to I guess be consistent with him if you're gonna say he's done outstandingly well. Had this been Aaron Rodgers in his shoes or whatever, how would we be judging him? What's the gradient yeah. we'd be judging him on? And in that case, I think people would be saying, well, Rodgers didn't arrive at the Super Bowl. So I, I think it's no fault of Joe Burrows, but if you had to go good or bad, it was bad, unfortunately. It it benefits those around him that, yes, as far as NFL goes, um, and it's been the case since the game began, you know the names of the quarterbacks and a lot of the players, as you trickle down, you know them less and less. You're not seeing their faces to be able to pick them out mm-hmm. so much in that entire offensive line get passed by the fact that your every man yeah, isn't able yeah. to single you out and say, look, you're not making the difference here. And even in the case, you get it a lot of the times um, on uh, defense, because I don't think at half time, typically someone like Aaron Donald would be getting the same criticism, if not for the fact that we know who he is, where you're essentially saying, yeah. I don't care if you're triple teamed, you've got to go out there and make a difference. And yeah. it turns out, as much as we were calling for that at half time, it was quite depressing when he did then go and do that. Um, but in the biggest game of your career, you've got to give the guy more of a shot, especially in the circumstances given how early into his career he did. And it seemed, I mean, it was, it was worse. Um, statistically, it was the worst pass rushing defense all season. God. I think they said he was protected on 13% of the passes he attempted. Jesus Christ. You could flip it around and say, okay, then the Rams got to him 86% of the time, but... Hmm. And it's probably, it's the perfect marriage of the two, isn't it? It's the perfect marriage of the two with the Bengals O-line just being hideous and they're defensively just being unbelievable with some of the, the personnel they've got. That's when the other thing is when you, you talk about how well they played, is he just wasn't allowed to play excellent. He was only allowed to be just okay because his own team's limitations ultimately caught up with him. And as you said, the, the extra bit of quality the Rams had, I think even if they'd had just an okay game they get through. But when you have someone like Donald who can lift to that sort of level, it's not a bad advantage to have. If we looked at the quarterbacks who aren't here, now the commentators immediately after the game were saying, look, this is why you gave up what you gave up to get Matthew Stafford here. This is why you moved on from Jared Goff. Um, Now we saw Jared Goff in a Super Bowl. We did. Did you you see from Matt Stafford enough where you'd say, that's why they went out and got him? Because, and I'm simplifying it, 
I feel like if you gave Jared Goff 10 shots at the goal on the one yard line, he may have pulled off a touchdown as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like in a that, hate area, but it just feels like. Yeah. Well, in that regard, he, um, I, I would have, yeah, I, I think if you give Goff that many chances, even, even he will get it done. I thought Matt Stafford had a game that was Matt Stafford, where you're like, I still kind of don't know where I stand on him now, where a couple of moments in there where he's just, he's obviously from the picks and at the wrong time as well. In terms of time in the game, the game really kind of unraveled for him there with the, that pick. And he's just, I don't know, there is obviously quality there. And I don't think Goff is able to do some of the drives that Stafford is able to operate. And so for that alone, I mean, the, the Super Bowl win, they're going to say justifies it. But even if he'd have a sinker, you'd be going, well, well did that justify it? Was it because of him? I think he does just enough that makes you think, well, that's significantly enough an upgrade on Goff that we had to make this move. And so he's our guy. And who else could they have got of that sort of quality? It isn't really possible. So it's Which just about just a better game. So... <sighs> I hate doing the well he won thing because it's it's played out. It was very close, and I actually think they had a close game. And the record won't show that; it will be unfair. Two touchdowns to one touchdown, two interceptions to zero interceptions. Matthew Stafford put more yards on the board. Yeah, yeah, it's it's probably just Stafford, but it's close that and. When people look at this, they will not remember that this was a close one. As I said, this isn't really a shot at Burrow. Had he been in Stafford's situation, let's face it, he would have been cooking for the Rams. The amount of time Stafford was getting at times. Yeah. Imagine if you give Joe Burrow that. It'd be unbelievable. I'm scared to think of the numbers he would have hit as well. So <laughs> if he'd swapped to him, it would have been emphatic. So that's the, I guess that's where I'm at with Stafford, where he's good enough just about to get it done. But has to be exactly the right circumstance, I think. Whereas Burrow has almost every circumstance against him other than Chase, and yet is able to get them within three points. It's pretty remarkable. When it, as I referenced uh, the quarterbacks that weren't there, um, the other name that was referenced more on the night uh, than anyone else that uh, wasn't involved was Baker Mayfield, who uh, you yourself mentioned. I saw a headline on ESPN, and it was an opinion piece, and it said, the Super Bowl, whatever number it was, uh, has proven that Baker Mayfield is not a good quarterback. Um, <laughs> how much damage has Odell Beckham scoring a touchdown in this in the Super Bowl? How much damage has that done to him as he looks to move forward in his career? See, I don't feel like it does much, but there's a perception that this is really bad for him. And so therefore it's kind of, not to get too deep on the pod, perception becoming reality. I think people talk about it enough that this has become a thing of, look, what's the, the common denominator here? Couldn't do it in Cleveland, can do it in LA, it must be on Baker. I don't think it's all, I've never been too hot on him. And so I think in this league where we have so many good quarterbacks, I'm not sure if you can win with Baker, if I'm honest. But I don't necessarily look at the OBJ situation and think that because, and Skip is being the almighty hater, but there is some credence to what he says whereby if you have Cooper Cup as the option A, 
your job as option B does become easier and you obviously you don't have that in Cleveland or other situations so OBJ's got a pretty good gig there which with us in particular means it probably would have worked quite nicely in Green Bay as well when where he wouldn't have been the number one option either <laughs> yeah 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 everyone can look at Adams and then right he's gonna it would have been a similar situation for him individually I'm not saying the team would have won I'm sure we'd yeah. found some way to cock it up I'm, I'm still not ready to give up on Baker Mayfield and I'm one of the last ones on the train I do know yeah. Um, he's being judged particularly um, when he was putting his body on the line going into a contract year next year. Um, he probably shouldn't have, should he? Yeah, he probably should have just I mean, sidelined it. Baker, in, in the sense, he wasn't getting open as much as he was. And it's easy for his dad, I think it was, to make a compilation of this was every time my son was open. <laughs> when it's all right, if we do a stack up of this is what Baker did for the Browns and this is what Odell did for the Browns I think it, I think one would be a lot longer than the other um, if you go a year prior as well there is a thing a situation where OBJ gets injured and Cleveland to go on a better run without him in the team and Baker wins a playoff game even at the start of so, this season you know. there was there was patches and phases where people say you know what this guy's actually not that bad when he was winning games and putting it on the board and then when it went wrong it, it did really go wrong um, I guess his personality does seem to rub people the wrong way and people don't need much invite to have the knives out for him I feel like I'm on the flip side of that right? I actually feel like he's an alright guy I don't have an issue with his personality I just don't think he's that good I think he's good but just not that good no I mean if, if we um, I think where well, there's going to be a lot more attention now if Joe Burrow gets to another Super Bowl and he doesn't win he's probably going to get cooked as well because his personality is very out there the comparison has been that Burrow and Baker are both equally flashy. One's delivered and one hasn't. Um, That's exactly it, isn't so it? Yeah. This is probably you've got you've got your free shot here, because one of the first things that was said after the game was, "This guy is gonna be back in the Super Bowl. This isn't the last we've seen of Joe Burrow in the Super Bowl." When I don't think it's as easy as that to say, because it's outrageous that people say stuff like that to me. It's outrageous. <laughs> If we were to just run back the playoffs now, you're still going to pick the Bills to beat the Bengals. You're still going to beat the you're still going to pick the Chiefs to beat to beat the Bengals. You're mm. still going to pick the Rams to beat the Bengals. Yep. It's like things aren't going to magically get better. And whenever unless, there's a, a thing where the entire premise of the Bengals being here was how have they done this? How can you say so, so boldly? Yeah. How can you say so boldly? Well, they'll be back. I think the fact that we were so emotionally involved last night, and I'm sure that's come across on, on this podcast, but that's what we do. Um, Haters for was life. the fact that we've bought in across the last month. We stayed up on the late nights over here yep. on the basis that we've been on this ride with the Bengals once our team went out, and I helped that they went out early doors, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. We didn't expect to be able to go on, and so when there was so many super super teams that it looked like that he was going against it was very easy to get behind him if moving forward um the the weight of the expectation is only going to get higher and i do think he'll be able to uh, deliver on that but yeah unless they go out and they can somehow piece together an entire new offensive line keep the other pieces in place and the scary thing then is joe burrow could actually improve from here yeah. So yes. You need all of that, and then 
you're still probably not being picked over the teams that we've just mentioned. So I think it's going to be very easy to say, look, he'll be back because there's no repercussions for making that. If, if it was, all right, put money on the line then, he's going to be back again. I think the answers would be very different. And it's no slight on him, but as if we do a, I mean, a little plug here, um, as you've written about this week, it's a lot more than just having a good quarterback when it comes to trying to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, and I, I was going to say, if you'd said to people, if Aaron Rodgers' Super Bowl, this guy will not go back to one again, they'd have, obviously, they'd have said, like, you're mad. Of course they'd have And he's in a better situation in Green Bay than Burrow is there. I mean, the team is better, but also, yeah. as you just said, he's in a conference now where the Chiefs are just perennial favourites every Don't year while the host is there. Allen, obviously, the, the Bills just went life and death with them as well. So there's just so many teams that are already better than them at this stage. And, and, the, both and when you have a freakish backs. run like they have, you yeah. kind of got to take advantage of it because freakish runs are exactly what they are. They're freaks. Both of those quarterbacks have a chip on their shoulder going into next season as well. You would back on both to be you know, firing on all cylinders, wouldn't you? I'm sure Josh Allen will be in the MVP straight away every year. It's, Josh Allen for MVP talk seems to be. So I'm sure they'll do that one again. I thought something, um, and I thought this during the game last night, and um, we we both said here that we did enjoy the game last night, and all we really asked for was that the game was close coming down to the final quarter. Yeah. But Bill's Chiefs game, at least in the short term, has really affected what my basis of a good game is. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, it's, it's kind so of spoiled, isn't it? Now? Like, I just, I knew going in, there's no way you can live up to that. But then when you go in and you've got Stafford and Burrow and they're being spoken about all week, you do just kind of, like, at the bare minimum, expect them to just be gunslinging from the get go. And <laughs> the reality is, it's very much not like that on a regular basis. No, it's going to be brutal if. Um... The Chiefs and the Bills meet each other again in the playoffs as well because you're going to be like, right, you've got to do this again. Yeah. And the chance of you being able to run it back like that is going to be obviously pretty slim. Um, two more questions. Um, do you think Cooper Cup deserved the MVP? He probably did have the best game, but I do think Donald made the most game-telling moments later on. Which do you add weight on it? Because as we said at halftime, I said, "Well, Aaron Donald's got to do something big here." And then in the second half, he did do something big. So do you take the game in its entirety, or do you just go like when it mattered, Donald won? I wouldn't have had an objection had either of them won. I think they probably just about got it right. But if Aaron Donald had won it, I wouldn't have thought it was a robbery. Yeah. Come the next day, um, when I reflect on it, I do think Cooper Cup was the right pick, and this is someone who had money on Aaron Donald to win it. <laughs> um, I think we've always given it to the offensive player by the very nature that it almost always goes to the quarterback. And if you've got a wide receiver that's elevating the level of the quarterback and when your run game isn't working, that he has to effectively say, all right, I'll take over in that and regard too. OBJ's gone off. He essentially was the only option, wasn't he, for a period? And he's, Yeah, they tried the other up. way and then said, hang on, that's not working. Yeah, Look, yeah. Thank God he can outlast the three people you're going to stick on him. Yeah, I think we almost always give it to the guy that clinches the game. If um, Donald had done the same in the first half, maybe um, we get more. But 
The only reason I thought Donald might get it is I thought he might have some of the LeBron factor where um, there's no way if the Lakers win the playoffs that anyone else is getting MVP over LeBron James. Um, and so I thought because of the whole Aaron Donald is the best player in football, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I thought they almost have an obligation to rubber stamp that and say, you're the best player. You proved the, it today. Yeah. Here's a trophy. Yeah, here's your crowning moment for the the guy with the most sort of star power. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't have had too much objection either way. But the, uh, the, the thing with Cup as well, and he was unbelievable, and no doubt they were trying to double up on him and cover and he's still found a way so that is impressive but it does link back to the pod we did last week where we said if you're the Bengals don't let Cooper Cup beat you yeah. Just, if you end up if someone else has to beat you that's something but for him to do it I do it seems like we've criticised every Bengal not called Joe Burrow yeah. here but it's kind of hard not to him and obviously Chase with one of the all time great catch I, I thought it was actually unbelievable how yeah. he made that catch Outside of those two, who are you know obviously have been outstanding throughout the whole time, they do not have much else. And then finally, it, they need to stop giving the trophy to uh, the owners first, don't they? It's <laughs> so weird, isn't it? So so weird. It, it I felt don't... so low key the yeah the award of the trophy. Yeah, well, it's, it is, isn't it? It's kind of. Um... The only comes down. It's sort of like the uh, the grandparents have come round, so everyone's kind of behaving themselves a little bit as well. And get a bit rowdy. Where was he when we won the FA Cup? <laughs> Imagine though, if you had, and you, Arteta and the boys have to stand aside. Let Stan pick up the trophy first, and then. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it's just very strange. Very uh, odd. Very, very strange odd. seeing it. Although, look, I was happier seeing Cronky uh, there, and I was Sean McVeigh. Really rubs me up the wrong way. He does. Yeah, you, you don't like him, do you? Not having him. I actually agreed with um, Skip when he effectively said he's doing P. Diddy all up in the video. Like, get out of here. <laughs> like, he just kept, he kept just, even when um, they had The Rock doing his thing pre-game, he was smirking, nodding his head along. Look, I'd probably be the same, but people Skip would always say that. Skip calling maniac is great. <laughs> yeah, and they'd be saying the same if I was in his shoes, I'm sure. But it's like, I'm not, so I'm going to complain about you. Oh. Yeah. Fair. Horrible day for both coaches, by the way. Sean McVeigh, I thought, got, yeah. out of j- got out of jail. I thought he really did. Some of his play calls was hideous. The real is- issue with McVeigh, um, like I didn't really like him before, but it really um, carried over when I kept continually thinking he was trying to give the game to the 49ers in the game before. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just cursing him from behind the screen. I and mean, he got over the line, but even still, oh, <laughs> Looney Tunes in. Why order? Maybe this... Uh... Maybe this win will change it, but in the big moments, you, you really do question him. It, it, very odd. I think he was questioning himself. Yeah. That was part of the issue. Well, yeah, yeah, that's exactly it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't back him at all. So whether now that the monkey's off his back, that will change it, or maybe he'll retire, as everyone said prior to yep. it, a bit weird. Same with Aaron Donald. They were saying as well. At least it is when you can understand it. You're physically getting battered. It's Sean McVay. Yeah. You're 38 years old. You're coaching. What's crack on? Yeah. Um, all right. Final thing for today, then. So. A grudge match over 10 years in the making. Uh, Amir Khan faces Kel Brook this weekend. Um, I don't know about you and maybe it'll change. Um, not feeling the excitement that 
I thought I would. Like I thought it was easy for me to say I didn't care about this matchup. It passed its sell-by date. And then that would change and I would maybe put a bit of a front. I do kind of feel like that. And it feels um, almost just like impending doom is coming and I'm having to pay to watch it. <laughs> so like, yeah, my excitement for it, it's, it's not there. Yeah, I'm I'm on the opposite end of the scale. I'm hyped. I'm hyped. It's uh, it's big fire. I've got it in my head. I've left all common sense at the door. If this is too washed, guys. Why are we doing this? Uh, I'm all in. I'll be honest. I'm all in on it. Yeah, I mean the 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 person we referenced here before, name rhymes with waft. Um, he's calling the Amir Khan clinic, uh, twelve rounds. Um, which I I find that hard to imagine. Um, I think I might need a chat with him. I might need convincing about. I've, I want to convince myself, so maybe you can convert this into my head. Yeah, to put it on on the table, I very much want Amir Khan to win this fight. Very strongly, do yeah, not yeah. want to see Cal Brook celebrating here. Just want that. If <laughs> anyone had it, wonder <laughs> why I was feeling that way. Um, I think for the past like five years, um, my thoughts on the fight have largely been the same. That the person who I feel is the less talented fighter. I think the guy that's had the worst career is ultimately going to be the guy who is going to have the bragging rights at the end of it. And that doesn't really sit well with me. I felt, mm. uh, I mean, I feel similar looking back at something like uh, when, Cal- when I saw Callum Smith celebrating against Groves, that I really didn't feel good about that either, mainly because of uh, his entourage. Yeah, yeah, so have to get behind that. Yeah, just going into this, it's like, I don't. I've seen some clips of the gloves are off. Not seen the whole thing. I don't like how jovial Khan was being around the whole thing when I thought he'd spoken quite well previously. Mm-hmm. Um, Brooke very much. Uh, if there was any doubt that maybe the beef had settled, uh, the animosity wasn't there anymore. Very much does look like a guy who is fully intent in going on there, going in there and taking Khan's head off, which I do think is the way he should be approaching it. Um, I don't know. It's the classic big, big fight week build up. I mean, I, I think you said similar. I've seen injury rumors already. Yeah, um, saying that Brooks done the weight, which is uh, why he's going to be bloated coming in, and he knows he's only got about three rounds to win it, so he's going to come out like a madman. And it's like, I don't know. Um, with. Khan earlier in his career, the enjoyment was there in that you know what could happen at the back of your mind, um, well not even in the back of your mind, at the forefront of your mind um, <laughs> as time has gone on, obvious, gone on obviously, you don't get any faster, your chin doesn't get any better um, yeah anyway, if I, t- I, think this is a, I think this is over in under three under three yeah, and I'm saying that nicely I, I think it's one or two to be honest oh bloody hell Look at the guys that Khan's been dropped by early <laughs> in previous fights. Yeah. It's like they they aren't. I mean, I feel like I'm giving him uh, props here, but they aren't Cal Brook. No, I'm um, daunting. I would, yeah. The thing is, for all I am hyped, whatever, and I can convince myself at least that Khan can do this, and I will no doubt by the night be able to at least keep myself in two minds. Um, for the sake of the podcast, I should be disagreeing with you here, but I, I tend to, I tend to go with that. I think 
Well, I did say after the Carnes fight against Crawford that I'd probably just lump on whoever he goes in with after because I thought he looked shot to bits. Not just how yeah. good Crawford is. I thought Khan had all the hallmarks of the fight. He doesn't have it anymore. I thought his legs didn't look good. I thought his balance was off. And then obviously he fights Billy Dib, and that's a bit of a fight Billy Dib. So yeah. I can't I can't read anything into that. So on the last real fight we saw him have was Crawford. People have said then that they thought Brooke looked even worse than Crawford. And I disagree. I didn't think he did. I didn't think he looked good, but I didn't think he looked worse than Khan. Um, and so in that case, if you accept we've got two guys both on the way out, you'll probably go with the guy who can bang a bit harder against Khan at the two of them. And uh, he relies on his probably a bit more timing and speed. And you're going to hear that a lot this week, timing beats speed, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I've already heard it. And the thing is, I think the weight cut won't be good for won't be good for Brooke and you're going to look at him you're going to think God he looks terrible I don't think it's going to be a lot of fun for Khan I just, the picture he put out the other day people were kind of saying oh, he looks in great shape I was looking at him thinking he looked horrible to be honest I thought he looked almost was a bit thin and frail already and we're obviously a little bit out from the fight yet it might have just been a bad lighting I don't know so I think we're going to have a lot of talks here that you're going to go, oh, well, Khan's going to start fast and then Brooks going to work out the speed and and knock him out, right? He's going to break him down or whatever. Yeah. I think that is entirely possible, but will likely be condensed into a shorter fight than people think. Like, oh. People might think that might go over like eight or nine, whereas I think that could happen within four rounds. I think you could have a round or two out of Khan where you think, oh, fucking hell, he looks mustard. And then pretty quickly it unravels for him, I think. Yeah, I've just got this overriding image in my head of... Uh... Brooke being interviewed after and saying, look, this is the way it always would have gone. This, this is, is why he didn't want to fight me. Yeah, this there is where some resentment for this comes into my mind a little bit, where I think at various stages of their career, this fight could have gone differently. And as you said, it's, it's going to be painted that, well, look, he got chinned and he's got no chin, so this would always would have happened. Whereas I, I, don't, fully, I don't fully buy that. I think there was stages where it could have been more competitive. But yeah. I don't have the issue with it that anyone else, that other people have with it, and that they have both declined. So I, I do think yeah. it's fun. I do think it's fun to see what these guys have left. It, that that unknown element of who is more shot. It's not really nice, but it is fun. The the Crawford one aside, which I know you should obviously take more attention to, maybe because it was more recent. We've seen Brook in there with. Triple G, we've seen him in there with Spence and it's not like um, he was getting smacked about by big shots in like he was tumbling around on the canvas, etc. So it's like in the way of this early start that Khan could have, I don't see any way in like Khan gets him out of there early. The only thing with Khan is that he overwhelms you with speed, isn't it? Is that he's yeah. hit that flurry of punches you're a bit dazed and the ref has to jump in. It's probably your only hope if you're going with that, if you're a calm fan. Uh, or, or you're hoping that Brook is just totally shot or just the weight just killed him or whatever. And I've we've expressed, I think, on here before, some scepticism about the weight thing with Brook in that they spent basically a career telling us that he's a 154-pounder. Yeah. Never really went there. Went down to 147 for Crawford, by the way. And then yeah. they've gone 149 for this, obviously, with the most unspoken spoken thing ever that we can't talk about the contract, but if he misses weight, he's getting fined heavy amounts, right? It's kind of a, pretty clearly yeah. the understanding. So that 
And whenever you're hoping, essentially, that someone either is dead at the weight or is going to get another injury, as it is with Brooke with his eyes, you're kind of, you're reaching a little bit, aren't you? And it could do, but... And the other thing with this, it might, might sound odd, but Brooke's been accused of the Spence and the Golf confinement, essentially not one of them, hasn't he, of quitting. Yeah. I, it might sound odd to say about someone who has stopped on a knee before. I just don't see that he would do that with Khan. No. I think because this is his big night, he will drag whatever out of himself. And I think it's the same with the training camp. I think you you are right where you said about you didn't like that Khan was sort of like jovial or whatever in that, some of the Gloves Ross stuff. Yeah. And he's kind of documented his training camp. It looks like he's had a good camp, but it's kind of look what I'm doing, look at me. Brooke's been very quiet, stowed away. And because this fight does mean everything to Brooke, I don't think it means everything to Khan. No. I think it's a big reason why it hasn't happened because he's always been chasing Mayweather, Pacquiao, other fights. Whereas this has always been the be-all and end-all for Brooke. So he's even got more motivation out of the two of them. Yeah, Khan very quickly, I think, will point to, well, look, I lost fights before. The the, the loss to Danny Garcia, etc. meant meant more to me. This is just, look, blah, blah, blah. Uh, still think I'm the better guy. Compare our careers. Um, I think the overriding feeling on social media after the event is going to be one, I can't believe I paid twenty pounds for this, and two, <laughs> it's going to be well. We always knew Khan was chinny anyway. I paid to watch him against Prescott back when I was thirteen years old. It was a waste of money then. This was obviously going to happen. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think you're probably right. People tend to do that with Khan, even when he was in his pomp and lost. People would do it, so they're definitely going to do it now when he's older. Yeah, so there we go. I guess we'll uh, talk about it next week, uh, hopefully. Uh, joyfully, but I think likely... would be hyped uh, if, he, if he does put it off, though. It would be hyped. Can't yeah, lie. so if I was to nail you down for a prediction... I think Calbrook KO round four. I'm going to say two. Um, so I'll see how we go. <laughs> Maybe it'll be round three. <laughs> we, we both tried telling the world we're Karma fans and we both got him chinned within four rounds. Great. Yeah. Probably the best way to do it, to be honest. Yeah, this is not uh, an attempt at some reverse jinx here. This is, I yeah. think I may be backing <laughs> this financially as well as saying this on the pod. So I'm putting my money where my mouth is. Um, Brooke above evens to win by knockout, by the way. Yeah, yeah, that's spectacular. I mean, someone with greater financial means than ourselves will be going heavy on that i'm sure yeah um so thanks again for listening to another edition of the spitballing pod uh if there were any audio issues well i know there were um hopefully have them sorted by uh next week's episode so thank you for still tuning in we'll be back goodbye